0: Grain to glass, this show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. And I'm Miles. And this is Homebrew Bound, the best beer show on the internet, according to my mother. And Carlos. Carlos has no opinion on the matter. I have no opinion on the matter. And joining us today is Carlos. Look at that. See? That's it. Segue, if I ever heard one. It was a very <laughs> smooth segue. If I, may say, if I may say it, all right. This is your first time on Homebrew Bound, right? Carlos? It is my first time on mm, Homebrew very Bound. Very cool. Very cool. Well, before we get to you, uh, Miles, what have you been brewing lately?
1: Uh nothing this past week.
0: Nothing this past nope, week. I've huh? been
1: I've been preparing for the homebrew competition.
0: Did you Did you get the uh, the pale ale done? Yeah. Yeah, that's nope.
1: good. It uh, just needs to be carved.
0: Nice, I think mine too. I got to check on it. It's in the fermentation chamber right now. I'm gonna take care of it. Oh, probably tomorrow. I finally emptied a keg, so I can get that carved up. It's gonna be a good time. Pretty excited. I'm stoked. But I haven't, I haven't brewed anything this week. I have all the ingredients to brew some stuff. I just haven't gotten to it yet.
1: So the only thing I will also add is that um, I named my beer.
0: Oh yeah, what'd you name it? Miles sucks pale ale. Well, they both can't be miles sucks. Oh, yours is the name
1: Miles Sucks?
0: (laughs) I was going to call it Miles Sucks. Uh, Now I'll just call it Miles' downfall. Either way, or maybe I'll just call it Casey Rocks. Either way, it's going to kick your beer's butt. I'm going to win so hard. It's going to be awesome.
2: All right, Carlos, what have you been brewing lately? Uh, I have not brewed anything since uh, when we uh, brewed this thing up. Okay, all right. So,
0: nothing new there. Well, then, why don't we uh, dive right into it? Why don't you tell us a little bit about this beer that's
2: sitting in front of us? Well, this is a delightful double IPA. Okay. Uh, it was brewed mainly with uh, American Two-Row. as the. It's also, uh, we put it together trying to be- make it as uh, close as possible to being a Pliny the Elder clone. Okay. Which uh, we, uh, you and I, we both went out to the West Coast uh, last year. Yeah, and so he tried and some of it. That
0: beer changed my life. It was an amazing double IPA. I loved it. I want some more of it. I wouldn't part go of it quite that far. Part of it could have been, you know, the state of mind I was in when I had it. But it was an amazingly made beer. Well, and you kind tasted. of starstruck by it. Uh, well, it, you know, you're on vacation. Everything tastes better. Uh, I got a flight of like sixteen beers or something. And then I ha- then after the flight, I think I had two pints of Pliny. That
1: doesn't surprise
0: me. <laughs> and then we went to Lagunitas right after it. Did it you, was a great trip. Did you trip. get a
1: chance to try the Younger?
0: N- no, because I'm not going to stand in line for God knows how long to try the Younger.
2: And that's... we weren't there at the right time of <laughs> yeah, year. Yeah,
0: we missed it. We missed it by like two or three weeks.
1: Oh, that's a bummer.
0: Ah, I'm over it. I think Matt was grateful for
2: that. that yes. That we
0: Well, and I wouldn't have stood in line either. I, I refuse to stand in line for beer. Yeah, It's not... Unless it's a short line, and there's a pint of beer at the end, and it's the only beer I can find.
2: So I'm up against some pretty uh, heavy uh, competition, then. Yes. Since, uh- so
0: well, why don't we start with Miles. <laughs> Miles, give us your rundown of what you thought of the beer. And we tried something new where we tasted the beer before the show, because you guys don't like to hear that empty air sound of us sipping and sniffing.
1: Well, I don't know. No, okay. Um. So in the aroma... I picked up just heavy mango and papaya kind of uh, er, smells coming through, maybe a little bit of resin mm-hmm. hidden in the back, and then just a, a slight malt sweetness to kind of just okay, you know, peppered in there a little bit. Uh, it looks fantastic. It's a very very clear beer. Uh, it's got the perfect kind of color for its style, and
0: it it
1: doesn't have head to speak of, but. You know, just a little bit laced on top, but it's staying there.
0: Yep. Yeah, I think that was just, that could have been part of the pour. Sure. Uh, I got to get that, I got to get balanced again, because it's on tap here. And so it's always, I don't know. But yeah, no, it's like the little bit that's there sticks around.
1: Uh, the mm. flavor, nice, upfront punch in the face with bitterness. It's the right kind of bitterness. It lingers uh, for quite a while. It uh, doesn't have. Very many of the same fruit flavors that you get in the aroma. A lot of it tastes very earthy. Yep. Uh, The earthy hop notes, you know, grass and even kind of some terroir if I want it to be really fancy. Terroir. (laughs) You got to taste the terroir. Okay, anyways. uh, The mouthfeel, nice and full-bodied. It doesn't uh, stick like a stout does, but Mm -hmm. it's definitely more present than, you know, a wheat ale or a regular pale ale. Uh, The carb... uh, Maybe just a tiny bit more.
0: Yeah, I could see that.
1: Not, I mean, not much. Uh, overall, um, it's it's got like a morphing kind of flavor profile when you when you take a drink from it and let it sit sit on your palate. Uh, it's very appealing. Uh, I rated it thirty nine out of fifty.
0: Hey! Oh, cool. Good job, Carlos. Good job. All right. So uh, for me in the aroma, I wasn't. I guess. Like when you said like mango and stuff, I started to get more of that. But initially, I was getting uh, a lot of just citrus and grapefruit, not necessarily the tropical fruit flavors. Okay. I was getting more of the citrusy stuff. Um, it smells just heavenly, absolutely heavenly. Yeah. I love the smell. I can sit there and smell it all day. I want an air freshener that smells like that beer.
2: I'll get right on it.
0: Right, get on that uh, appearance. It it looks it looks good. Right color, um, stuff like that. Uh, a little hazy, but that's probably just from dry hop, is what I'm assuming. Because it was, I I know for a fact it was crystal clear before we dry hopped it. Uh, or it could be chill haze. Uh, nothing, but it doesn't detract from the from the beer at all, really. Yeah. Um, flavor wise, clean hot bitterness all the way through. It just very bitter, and it does it lingers like Miles said in the right way. It's not something where it's that sickeningly bitter thing where you're like, oh, yeah. man, this is just going to stay there.
1: You don't feel like your tongue is shrinking. Yeah. Uh,
0: and it's, at, at the end of the beer, it's dry, which is phenomenal, especially with a double IPA. It needs to be dry.
1: You always mention whether or not it's dry, and I always forget to remember to mention it.
0: Yep. I Well, it's... I really, really, really like dry beers've been favorite. picking up on that yeah it's one really. of my favorite things in the world is a good dry beer i I don't like you know when they're sweet and they linger like that lingering sweetness doesn't appeal to me
1: uh, it does in in a certain kind of stout and, I guess, and yeah. but well, even my stouts I
0: like dry i'm broken
1: I, man, no, I know well, I mean dry stouts are fantastic, and I've even mentioned recently that I'm loving the dry stouts more recently because there are uh, an overabundance of the sickly sweet ones, mm-hmm. which I can enjoy, but uh, the dry is definitely needs nice yeah.
0: change. Yeah. Um, like, not, Miles pretty much hit it on the head for the rest of. It. There's not a whole lot I can add there. I didn't give it a a number rating because I didn't feel unbiased enough to give it one. Uh, because I helped brew this beer, yep. and I'm very proud of it. It turned out really well. Uh-huh. Um. Most
2: most of that uh, that morning since we started brewing that in the morning is kind of a blur to me because I was exhausted that yeah. whole time. Uh, well, you took some notes on it, Carlos. What do you think? Uh, you know, I really enjoy this one. Uh, I think it's actually one of the better IPAs, uh, double IPAs I've had. Uh, I, I, my palate's not as refined as your guys, but uh, I would say that uh, like Bubble Jack, that's a, another double IPA, right? Yes, I would put this above Bubble Jack myself.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yes, hands down.
2: And uh, I don't drink that many other double IPAs or like the ones I do. Uh, I'm drawing a blank on their names, but this is definitely one of the better ones I've had. I can't really compare it to the one from, to uh, Pliny the Elder from last year because it's been quite a while. From it's the, yeah, yeah, it's, it's been, been over, over a year. You know. So uh, I it's a be it's a little hard for me to compare them that well. So, okay. uh, Miles, what would you change about this beer?
1: Uh, there's little that would be, like, direct changes. Most of it would be, Recipe like, tweaking. N- Uh nailing down procedure. I, I mean, there's very little to, to expressly say how this beer could legitimately be improved. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially without knowing all the details and all, you know, everything that happened during brew day.
0: Yeah. Um, well, the brew day itself was very uneventful. Um, sure. It, I mean, we hit... I'm pretty sure we hit numbers all the way along the way, so I don't know what I would change really you know i actually, I'll,
1: I'll make a note of it that uh, there's very little I would want to change except to be fine tuning it to my preference yeah yeah that that ends up being the the debate dynamic that That's having. that's
0: that's where that's you know and that's where it really boils down to is yeah
1: um otherwise this beer all by itself is just perfectly fine, there's really nothing I would want to change, yeah. Um. Carlos,
0: why don't you read the recipe?
2: Sure. All right. Here we go. Well, it has uh, 21 pounds of American Turo. This is
0: for a 10-gallon Yeah, uh, it batch.
2: was a, for a 10-gallon batch. Uh, it also had uh, a pound of uh, crystal. Uh, we also had some... Uh, oh, God, I can't... Here, I can't Carlos, buy- do you I can, want I me to I'm having trouble reading my <laughs> handwriting here. pills Crapil- Here. There you here, go. Yeah,
0: I can... I can read it. Yeah. All right. So we got uh, 21 pounds American two row, uh, a pound of crystal 40, a pound of carapils, and one and a half pounds of dextro sugar that we threw in in the last uh, 15 minutes of the boil. What was the purpose of the dextros? uh, That was to bump up the ABV and and dry out the beer. Perfect. Uh, Just really looking for that, you know, just that super dry aftertaste. What Uh, was
1: your um, mash temp? Are you getting to that? Yeah, I'll, okay, I'll get to ahead.
0: that. Uh, I, can, I can bump ahead here. Hang on. I mashed at uh, 152. Okay. Um, then we did, it was a 90-minute boil uh, with 2.5 ounces of Columbus at 90 minutes, uh, half an ounce of Simcoe at 45 minutes, uh, 0.66 ounces of Centennial at 30 minutes, and then at Flame Out, half an ounce of Amarillo, Simcoe, and Centennial. And then a dry hop of an ounce each of Columbus Simcoe and Centennial that's quite the hot profile yes uh and i think I feel like the the simcoe uh really kind of stands out
1: the, uh yes and in the right way yes
0: it it doesn't it doesn't have that cat piss
1: M- messing with simcoe is a dangerous
0: game it's it's a very very dangerous game
1: uh no if i was if I was going to consider tossing any potential ideas out uh, to see how well they worked. Your crystal 40, maybe split that up between two others and increase by, like, a half a pound maybe. Um, Just a little bit of complexity, a little extra sweetness. Um, And then maybe mash just a a degree or two lower and drop your
0: dextrose Uh, by just a little bit. uh, See, I, I don't know. I think I... See, and, and I, like I real, like and, you know, p- I know, and this is this is this is where we come from because I think the I, I like the single crystal. I I sure. I think the malt complexity is where it needs to be in a beer like this because okay. it really wants to showcase the hops. Okay, like this beer was all about the hops. So maybe yeah. if I did anything, I might uh, decrease the amount of varieties I used and maybe bring one up a little bit more just to really showcase it. I'm not entirely sure which one because I don't want to bump the Simcoe up at all because it'll it could throw it out of balance and you could get that yeah. really weird. Simcoe Cat pee flavor. Well,
1: I mean, uh, I don't know how or how this would affect your beer, but have you ever considered using hop shots? I've never I, heard
0: of it. It's they're, basically, they're, they're liquid hop extract. Yeah,
1: it's like liquid bitter extract, and then you just squirt it in instead of putting hops in. Uh, the point being is that uh, bitter additions usually lose the vast majority of their flavor mm-hmm. in the first place. And then this just takes all the vegetal matter
0: out of it'd be your it'd beer. be interesting to try for sure yeah but at the same time this beer turned out so well as it is I don't know how much I want to monkey with you know no, if it, it's not broken don't fix it
1: no and that's true and if you were going to try and toy with it I would do it yeah. just one tiny step at a time well and I
2: guess it's Carlos's beer what
0: would you change about it? yeah the
1: we're just sitting here rambling about your invention well
2: uh that's the thing I wouldn't know where to change uh like I would I agree like maybe to change uh. Maybe a couple of the grains around slightly, just slightly, not yeah. nothing big. Yeah. Or maybe a try at changing, touching the hops around, but only slightly. Once again, because uh, right. well, just uh, to try it, see how it turns out, but nothing major at all. Sure. Because yeah, uh, no. this is by far a very, very drinkable beer, and yes. I would not want to uh, like I, I suppose like even like ch- like small changes would still keep it drinkable, but. I don't know, like where it is right now. I'm very happy with it. Yeah, yeah,
1: and you should
0: be. Should be very happy where it is.
1: Uh, just as a point of reference, I gave it a 39. Uh, on our little sheet here, it says anywhere between 38 and 44 exemplifies style well, requires minor fine tuning.
2: Yep. This is with the uh, the official gear sh- sheet for the BJCP.
1: Yep. Yes. Yep.
0: All right. Well, moving on from the homebrew tasting, let's move right into our discussion.
1: Discussion today is going to be on mashing. Yay! Yay,
0: mashing! I love mashing.
1: All right, and so I have another quiz to help move the discussion along. Oh, man, I love
0: quizzes. Carlos, you ready
2: for this quiz? Oh, God, this is going to be bad.
1: (laughs) All right, and so what mashing is, mashing is the step in the brewing process that combines crushed malts with hot water in a mash tun to convert complex starches into simple sugars that are more readily fermented. We'll talk about single infusion for the most part today, and we'll discuss barging next week.
0: Okay. Very cool. All
1: right. Question one. What is the range of temperatures for which the primary purpose of mashing can take place, and what is the term used for this primary purpose?
2: All right. right. Well, I should probably go first since I can be wrong. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Go for it. I'm going to go with 150-160.
0: You're pretty close. Yeah, that's pretty much it. That's that's pretty much it. Uh, you can go a little bit lower. It's about one forty-eight. Yes, it to is to about one sixty.
1: Yep, um, one fifty-eight is was the general quote. Yeah. That's, that's pretty loose, but only by a couple of degrees. Mm-hmm. And then, what is the name of this primary? Carlos, purpose? do you know what
0: the name is? Of the
2: of the
0: of of what? Why we why we mash in those temperatures? What's happening?
2: Because that's when the sugars are freer. They're just free.
0: You're, you're, well, it's called conversion. Like it's a it's conversion step yep. where you're converting all of the sugar, like all the grain into like the sh- you're getting all the sugars out of the grain. Is what's happening. The liberating starches. I, I did, there, you're converting the starches to sugars. Yes. Yeah.
2: Just liberating those sugars. I,
0: I didn't know how technical we wanted it to
2: get.
1: Well, no, I was just being or just giving the actual yes. answer that I have written down. Okay. Here. Uh, sacrification would have also been acceptable.
2: Oh yeah, I was not going to say that word. That was uh, <laughs> that's not going to be a word that was going to be coming out of my mouth. <laughs> All like, right, because like I've never heard that word before, <laughs> never.
1: Question two: How do you spell Sacrification No, I'm just kidding.
0: S A C C R I. No, you're already oh, wrong. Man. Two
2: C's? Why did you give it two C's? Cause because there's... it has two C's. It has really? Two C's? Yes. Yeah. Okay.
0: Anyway. Well, well, the, well, yeah, the end I suppose it has a C. No, no, it has two C's in a row. So it has three C's. Yes. Well, then
2: it does not have two Cs. It has two Cs. Two Cs. It has, See, now we're we're already messing up. <laughs> now Miles messed up.
1: No. Uh, okay, anyways, moving on. How long does mashing usually take, and what is the purpose for that time frame given?
0: Okay, so you uh, we're talking about the conversion step, yeah. right? yep. So uh, the standard, well, Carlos, why don't you take this? Yeah,
2: you should make me go first. Uh, I would say 50 to minutes to an hour.
1: Sure. Right. Close I mean, yeah, close enough. I mean there there really is just a range and you're in that range. Yeah. So. Yep.
0: Yeah, uh anything to add? Yeah, just just about an hour. I, I've done I've done a ninety minute uh mash before. Mistake.
2: Oh yeah. <laughs> How come?
0: Uh that, that was the pilsner and that's where a lot of my uh my my dimethyl sulfide came from.
1: Yeah. Uh let's see. I have while starch conversion can be finished in half an hour. Uh the rest is to also manipulate the desired profile of the sugars. Like, and sixty minutes is right around right around where you want to be yep. like ninety-five percent of the time. It's just a home brewing standard. There's no reason
2: for beginners to deviate. Mm-hmm. Have you ever tried half like doing it at half hour?
1: No, I don't think so. Uh you don't necessarily want to. Oh, right. Like um the key term was uh starch conversion can be finished, but mashing isn't done. Like the whole process of mashing is more than just the starch conversion. Uh, other complex things take place. Are
2: there like certain cases where you would want to maybe cut it off early? Time. Rarely. Just I mean
0: in, in a commercial brewing situation, any any time you can cut time off of a process and still come out with a good product, you want to do that. Yeah. Uh, at the homebrew level, it doesn't really matter. But if, you know, let's say uh, a commercial brewery can get away with, you know, a 35, 45-minute mash. They're going to do that because that 15 minutes saves them a lot of time in if they're brewing back-to-back batches.
1: All right. Uh, what is strike water and strike temperature? And what are some of the things that home brewers must be conscious of
2: uh, with this? Carlos? Uh, strike water would be the water you use to run through the the, uh, the grains uh, maybe yeah and i'm going to have to say 210 210 degrees
0: that is that is all all too hot that is too, too hot, hot. much too, too hot. hot so uh strike water you had you had that right it's it's the mm-hmm. initial water that you put into the mash tun with the grains yeah. to to start your uh your start your start your process uh, if you're doing rest, it'll be. It depends on where you're doing it. But if you're if you're just doing a like a convert a single step, single infusion mash, uh, you want the the general rule of thumb, especially for like big like igloo cooler mash tons, ten degrees above where you where you want to mash. Ah, uh,
1: yeah. To to be explicit, there's two temperatures you're worried about: the mash temperature and the strike temperature. Yes. And he's saying that the strike temperature needs to be hotter. And that uh, this brings us back to the second part of yep. the question, why? Why
0: uh, you're gonna uh, just you're gonna lose uh, a lot of heat to the grains, and if your mash tun is cold, you're gonna lose heat there too. Uh, to help prevent some loss, a lot of people will put boiling water in their mash tun and uh, just to raise the heat of the tun first mm-hmm. before uh, putting the grains and stuff in. Yep. But you're still gonna have a lot of loss from the grains.
2: Yes. See, I knew it was gonna be higher. I just went way too high.
0: <laughs> Yeah, it, you you'd think you would lose more, but it just seems it usually seems to be about ten degrees. Soon.
1: Yeah, especially if you do the uh, the mash tun pre warm up, mm-hmm. which I usually do uh, with like one seventy, just to get it you know up
0: in that area. Yeah, I do boiling because I I have that electric kettle and I just throw that on until it turns off and then just dump like that water in there. That's um, the only reason it's boiling.
1: Yes. All right, and Casey, if you get this wrong. You lose it, life.
0: Oh man, I don't want to lose it, life. How
1: is the mash profile changed by the low or high of the mash temperature range? Carlos,
0: you wanna you wanna start on this? Yes, one? yes, we'll let you start. By how how high the temperature is? Yeah,
1: it's like if you're fermenting at the low end of the mash temperature range versus the high, what is the difference?
2: All right, so this is gonna be a shot in the dark. but I'm gonna go with a with a lower temperature, you're not gonna be getting all the. The sugars extracted that you're trying to get. Meanwhile, at the high end, you're getting things that aren't just the sugars. You're getting other things that other flavors that you don't want.
0: Well, there is. It, it, he's not entirely
2: wrong.
1: No, he's not entirely wrong, but he's he's. Not right okay, either. Yeah, so
0: <laughs> so this is when I I have a reference thing in in my phone because I I can I can never remember which one is high and which one is low. Yeah, this this is a legitimate problem I have, and every time I am doing recipe formulation, I'm, I get to the mash step and I am like, oh crap, which one is high and which one is low again? No, I know, same here.
1: I I have a system, and you'll like it. I have a all right,
0: system. all right, I am ex- excited to hear about your system. So I am going to take a shot in the dark. This might be wrong, but the uh, yeah, because lower a all right, so. The lower the mash temp, the, uh, the more mouthfeel you're gonna get. Like you're gonna have more long chain sugars, I think. And mm-hmm. then the higher, you're, it's gonna be a thinner beer. If that makes sense. Not necessarily thinner, but
1: we were talking about stretched. the quality you like in your IPAs. yeah drier. Yes, drier. Okay, I think you have it backwards. It's um. High mash temperatures gives a sweeter wort. The lower ones yeah. uh, give you a drier wort. Yes, and See,
0: always mess it up.
1: Here, here's here's my methodology. The higher the drier, is wrong. Okay. I, I always wanted to use that, but I know it's wrong. Well, so yeah. you think higher the drier that's wrong. So uh, the lower the drier, the higher. The you're sweeter.
0: right. Okay. Yeah. So I had, I had. So basically, you're getting more of the long chain unfermentable yeah. sugars and proteins. Yep. Uh, that can't be broken down by the yeast and so it's going to give you a sweeter beer in the long yep. run. Yep.
1: And then to kind of circle this back to what you were saying a little um even though st- uh we'll get all the sugars we're looking for at the low or the high end and that's partly why this is the definition right. of what the range is. Um even though even if the conversion finishes in half an hour, this is the type of uh things that are going to be taking place in the last bit to define your mash profile. All right. So just an example. Yes. Uh, the phrasing putting water in the grains is very broad. How much water do you use for a recipe and what is the risk of running too much water or not enough?
0: It depends on what you want. I, I get I I guess if you're talking range uh the standard I think is yeah. a quart and a half per pound or two quarts it per is, pound. Yep. Yeah.
1: And that's that's a general rule of thumb. You can go up or down on that and that helps uh change a few things. It's usually Usually deals with recipe volume.
0: Yeah, and honestly, I haven't really noticed a huge difference of using more or using less in my. Beers. Well, I
1: mean, this would be talking about the extremes. If you're yeah. going like you know three quarters of a quart per pound versus like three quarts per pound. Yeah, like what would be some of the the risks either way? Do you know?
0: Um, I I honestly don't. I don't. I guess I've never run into an issue with it, so I haven't worried about it too much. Um,
1: if you run uh, too much water you can actually st- uh, hurt the enzymatic process makes sense because uh, it's just too thin and it doesn't have enough uh, you know the enzymes don't collide with the sugars enough to keep yep. doing their process effectively and then too little water uh, your mash becomes too thick and the water just doesn't dissolve all the sugars you want and so you're just not going to get as much then you get oatmeal instead of mash yeah be sad it would
0: be
2: because i don't need that much oatmeal no, that would be a lot of oatmeal.
0: Yeah.
1: All right. Uh, let's see. Last question here. Water profiles and their makeup is a oh, bit man. of a rabbit hole. What are the only things that really need to be considered for beginning home brewers? Uh, well, well, and this is kind of broad. There's there's really no right answer.
2: There, there, well, could, you, uh, uh, excuse, could you say it again?
1: Uh, water profiles and their makeup is a bit of a rabbit hole, in, you know, in reference to yep. trying to know and control them. Uh, what are... The few things that really need to be considered by beginning home brewers. So
2: you're talking about like the water that you're using.
1: The water, yeah, uh, for the you know, the whole recipe, the whole day.
2: I remember like when we first uh, when uh, we, when Casey first started brewing, uh, back when we used to do it all on the stovetop top uh we would get a. Either distilled water, well, generally it was distilled water, just or, some sort of bottled water, or so like we were you were sure it was clean. Or like if we weren't going to get distilled water, you'd uh, there were a couple times where you got water from your parents' house because their water was yeah superior would. to ours. Yeah, but uh, I don't actually know. I know that I, I'm going to assume that uh, any uh, off flavors in your water are going to be exemplified in uh, your brew, or uh, or at the very least are going to affect the flavor of the beer that you're coming out with.
1: Well, you're not wrong. Well, oh, yeah, I would, I would think I'd be wrong <laughs> well, on that there, part. Well, there, and
2: there's, there's another good
0: rule of thumb here too. If, if you are okay drinking your water, then your water is good to brew with. Yeah, for, pretty for much. The most part.
1: Uh, that's that was the the first primary thing I had is don't use distilled water because a lot of those chemicals in there, carbonates, calcium, whatever, um, the the yeast use. It, it's yep. all important stuff. And, like, for the most part, well water and city water uh, almost always fits within ideal standards for
0: most Yep, for the most part. Uh, Like, you you might be worried about, like, some of the chlorides and stuff, but unless you're really getting into water makeup, don't worry about if your water tastes good. Like, if you can get a glass of water out of the tap and drink it, it's fine to brew with. Don't sweat it. When you get farther in, you can start dealing with the water rabbit hole.
1: Yes, and it is... A big one, yes. Okay. Oh, but and a... pH, pH is yes, another one. That was the other. That was the other one I had here. Yeah. What is it? Five two. Five two. Okay.
0: And if you don't know if your wa- how, where your water is, you can just go buy five two, <laughs> and yep. it will
2: make your water five two. Oh god, trying to test with pH strips. Oh, that's so much fun,
0: right? That's why yeah. you just go buy five two and it's throw p- a bunch p- of.
2: Water. Well, yeah, because like I-, I can never tell with like the strip. Like you have the strip, like you. D- like, a, I don't know, anybody yeah. listening, like, it's the a color paper of strip.
1: Cotton, the color of cotton just does not match the color of paper. Like,
2: right. You, like, you stick it in there, you pull it out, you try to compare it to the colors. It's like, yeah. what the hell?
1: Anyways, that pretty much wraps it up for uh, Mashing 101.
2: Uh, what are we doing next week again,
0: Miles?
1: Uh, we're going to be talking about sparging, which is the second half to this whole process.
2: What a fun word. I agree.
0: All right, uh, just a, just an announcement or two here. Uh, don't forget about the Divine Homebrew Competition this Sunday at uh, well Divine. If you if you're in the area and you know where uh, Divine Brewing, Co- or, uh, t- brewing. Uh, the Divine Liquor Store is, uh, come on down and join us. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be doing a live show uh, all day. Um We're yep. d- recording like twelve to six. At some point during the day, there will be a live homebrew bound. We'll have a an itinerary posted on the on the website at some point probably that morning the way <laughs> things are going
2: yeah all right uh, Carlos where can people support us well there's this thing called patreon you may have heard of it oh yeah patreon is that website that you can
0: go to you can go to www.patreon.com bond into studios and don't like do set up a recurring donation of as little as a dollar a month or as much as your entire paycheck. And you can give it to us, and we will give you something back in return.
2: A simple yes that you have heard of it would have been uh, sufficient. <laughs> but that is all correct. All right. Uh, and what about Amazon? Is there a way that you can support us through Amazon? Oh, there absolutely is. How do people do that? Well, on our main page, we have an Amazon affiliates link. You click on that, and then you make your orders and purchases on Amazon, and we not not out of your. You don't pay any extra. Amazon will give us a small percentage of what you paid. And that will help us uh, us. That's right. Stick us. it to
0: Amazon and give some money to us. It's perfect. Yep. All right. If you if you have any feedback or would like to be on the show, go ahead and send us an email at feedback at com, Or you can find us on facebook.com slash studios Or follow us on Twitter at blind underscore ninja. And I'll see you guys next week.